Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey guys, and welcome to Paranormal Thoughts Podcast, and as always, thanks for joining me. In this episode, we're hearing from listeners talking about their paranormal experiences. Just before we get into that, though, I just want to say, if you enjoy this episode of Paranormal Thoughts or any of our previous episodes, please make sure you're subscribed on whatever platform you use. Also, if you want to leave us a rating as well, that really helps us get discovered by other potential listeners to the podcast. We're on Facebook and Instagram. We have a blog as well over on WordPress where when I do an episode which I have extra sources or any sort of material, you can jump on over there and get all that information. The links for all that is in the description of this podcast. Also, I'm going to be giving away a Paranormal Thoughts podcast shirt in this episode as well. I'm not going to tell you exactly how one of you listening right now is going to win a shirt, but if you continue to listen through this episode, I'll give away those details. So let's get into this podcast. So I've been wanting to do this for, I don't know, a good maybe year or so. I did an episode where I spoke to people that I knew about their paranormal experiences, and I really wanted to do that with you guys listening as well. And if you enjoy this episode as well, definitely reach out to me if you've had an experience, and maybe we'll do another one of these in the future as well. But So in this episode, I have three listeners who have put their hand up and decided to come on the podcast and tell us a little bit about some of their experiences. And there's a bit of a range, which is, you know, which I love, of course, and it's really interesting. And I don't, I'm not going to give away too much now. I just want you guys to listen. There's some very interesting experiences in here, including some audio based evidence, a cryptid experience as well, which I was not expecting. I really do appreciate these three people coming on the podcast to share their experiences with you. It's never an easy thing, you know, it's one thing to tell to tell anyone, I suppose, but then to sort of tell, you know, thousands of people on a podcast. It's never quite the easiest thing to do. And, you know, some of these experiences are pretty full on. So to be able to come forward and be brave enough to speak with us here today, it's really great. So the first person we're going to be hearing from, her name is Jamie, and she is originally from New Zealand. Her experience takes place there, but she now actually lives in my hometown of Brisbane, Australia. Jamie has a really interesting experience and when I, once I heard it, I was really keen to get her on because of her background and just, I suppose, what this experience kind of means to her. It was quite a significant event and it sort of has led her on to have an interest in the paranormal to this day. So welcome, Jamie, to the podcast. Jamie, thank you so much for speaking with me. Uh, please tell us a little bit about yourself. So um, I 
am from New Zealand. I moved over here when I was about 15 to Australia, um, Brisbane. I finished high school and worked in a lab for a year, a pathology lab. Uh, really loved it, really loved science, always liked science. So then did a medical science degree, Did worked in pathology for about six years again, um, and then got a bit bored. It got very repetitive. Um, I didn't, yeah, didn't really enjoy the repetitiveness of just doing the same test over and over again every single day on the same person, uh, different people. So then decided to go and do teaching. So now I am a science teacher. That's great. I love that, um, as we have sort of spoken about previously, that you having a science background definitely gives a lot of, I guess, like a bit of a different perspective about what we're about to talk about. Because how old were you when this took place? Well, I think it's actually one of my earliest memories, actually. Um, I think maybe because it was quite a, a strange occurrence. So my even my three or four-year-old brain was like, what is happening? Yeah, it would have been about three or four. I asked my mother and she also said three or four. So, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, let's just get into that experience then. Take us through the whole event. So what I remember is... I would have been playing at my house. So the cottage, our house, the house that I lived in when we were us three or four was an early, I'd say early 20th century cottage. So really, really old cottage. This would have been about the 1990s. So it was already uh, 80, 90 years old, maybe by then. It has an interesting past. I will probably go to that at the end because it kind of wraps everything up a bit more at the end. So I was playing on the floor with some toys. Um, Something made me want to look up from my toys that I was playing with. And that was a little boy standing right in front of me, um, standing up. So I think all I remember was that I kind of thought, oh, this is weird. Why is there a little boy standing in front of me? So I stood up too being a three-year-old to kind of be at the same eye level as him. So he would have been probably the same age as me um, just because when I stood up to kind of look at him going, oh, what, who are you? What are you, what are you doing here? Um, yeah, he was the same height as me. He was just looking at me, um, not really any expression, just kind of looking at me like a inquisitive little kid would do. I kind of looked at him. And then I started to think, this is really weird. What, what are you doing here? And so I ran out to my mother who was having coffee with a friend out in the kitchen. And this is now her memory. So that's what I can remember is just standing up, kind of staring at him for a few seconds, about maybe five seconds and go- wondering what's going on. Um, so then this is my mum's memory linking to that. She said, I ran out to the kitchen and asked, hey, mum, who's the little boy in my room? And my mum and her friend kind of looked at each other and were like, but what what little boy? And I then I said, the little boy, the little boy that's in my room. He's just there. Um, obviously, when we all came back to see what was going on, there wasn't any little boy in my room. For you, it must have been quite confusing being at such a young age. And uh, it's that thing too where it's, you're at that age where uh, any parent is just going to assume that you're completely imagining it, you're making it up. You know, there's no real 
reason to have any belief? Yeah, um, I kind of, the way I describe him, because I do like the image and what the what was actually more interesting is I only got this memory back when I was about 13, 14, so in high school. Um, when I looked at a book, um, I don't know if you know the book called uh, Angela's Ashes. If you Google Angela's Ashes, um, I saw that book on the bookshelf in my high school library and when I saw the little boy on the front cover, that was, he just looked so similar to the boy that I um, saw that kind of, I guess that triggered my memory and that's when I came home and that day when I was about 13, 14 and asked my mum, hey, what happened? And then she told me the story about when I was three or four. So it kind of took a while to, for the memory to come back. <laughs> so was this boy wearing like time period clothes? Yeah, yeah. So that's, yeah. So with the, in the book, that's how I saw it. So he was wearing kind of like dungarees or overalls for the non-Australians. Um, yeah, dungarees kind of, he was, I guess he was black and white, um, so black dungarees, a light-coloured shirt underneath them, no hat or anything, just a really simple haircut. Yeah, um, definitely period clothes, so, yeah, early 1900s period clothes. And that's what I always find interesting when children often uh, report seeing these apparitions in their homes is that they often are wearing period clothes, which is always, and I always find that's something that people always hold on to because I, even as a child, you're going to think, well, I haven't seen anyone <laughs> look like that before, you know? So even like, I know my sister claims that she saw uh, many, many um, figures in one of our homes growing up. And she claimed that they, at the time she kind of, I guess, struggled to find the words, but as she got older and kind of remembered, she remembered seeing them in almost like Victorian type, um, very formal kind of wear, just like walking through the house, which uh, it's very unusual because it was a brand new house and so on. But, you know, depending on, there could be a lot of factors to why she could have been seeing them there. But yeah, I find children often do, when they report this stuff, they often, you know, have uh, little bits of insight like that, where, you know, if the clothes kind of don't match the time period and so on, it's it's quite interesting. Yeah. Um, another interesting, I guess, like another thing to add to that, um, to this cottage is uh, my mum used to hear uh, at night every now and again, and she remembers this too. She was telling me this the other day when I was trying to piece together this uh, sighting. Um, she heard little children kind of giggling and playing in the hallway of the cottage at night. Um and she always kind of went, she never saw anything. Um, it was just kind of whispering and giggling as if they were playing. Um, another interesting thing is that they, my mum and dad renovated that cottage. So they kind of split the hallway and made one end a storage cupboard and another end a pantry for the kitchen of the hallway. So there was no longer a hallway. And um, she said after they did that, never had any ghost, um, I didn't have any ghost sightings, didn't hear anything, you know, no bumps in the night um, after that. So we always thought maybe the renovation kind of um, stopped the making, changing the house, um, yeah, changed whatever was 
set there. Because I guess that's the thing where a lot of people might be having activity, then it just suddenly stops and not really having any explanation for that. But yet I think definitely changing the foundation of a home where, you know, I suppose a spirit, if they are, you know, however this this kind of works, but I suppose if they're just kind of stuck in time and maneuvering through what they know, as soon as that is changed, like who who's to say that, I don't know, they cease to exist in this type of um, loop or, you know, it's hard yeah, to... Yeah, that's, that's what my mum, that's what she thinks, yeah, and I, I would agree too, yeah, changing that. Since having this experience and I suppose, as you said, you were a teenager when you had the memory of this happening, how has it changed your belief in the paranormal? Have you kind of wanted to look more into it? Have you kind of ignored it? What's What's your kind of stance on it all? Yeah, well, like in between like that time and then the teenage time i've always been interested in ghosts i've got a, i've got a couple of books on new zealand hauntings um seen some watch lots and lots of shows so i have always been interested in it because but as like i said earlier i do have a science background so i go by the if i can't see it it doesn't exist type thing like if i can't prove it scientifically with you know, evidence, proper concrete evidence, it doesn't exist. So being able to actually know that I have that memory of me just standing up face-to-face staring, and he would have only been about a metre away from me. So that's quite a concrete thing. So whether or not, so my stance on it would be, um, I don't know what it is, but maybe in the next a hundred years as more research gets done on, because I really like going into this paranormal stuff too. So I go into the parallel universes theory and the string theory and the quantum entanglement. So my stance on it is there probably eventually will be some sort of scientific explanation, whether it's inside, just inside your brain or it's an actual physical um, explanation yeah, so that would be my stance on it. Um, I guess to further concrete that is um, my sighting would be, I guess this is kind of what tops tops it all off, is when I talked to um, my mum again, I talked to her a lot about this because it was quite impactful memory. Um, she then explained that that cottage was built by a French family in the early 1900s. So that's more information. But uh, then there were, we don't know the details, but there actually is a story that um, the neighbours that live next door to that cottage know that there was actually some sort of a death that actually happened in that cottage. We're not, not sure who it was, but they do know there was a French family um, and then, yes, there was a death. So maybe that was a little boy. Their son died. Not sure. <laughs> very, very interesting, though. Even though you don't have the specific details, it still, you know, does add a little bit more to the explanation. You know, why could this event taken place? And yeah, you know, it does. It does blow my mind a bit when I heard about that. That kind of. <laughs> so my science brain kind of starts leaning towards. Um, 
Yeah, <laughs> it being real. Yeah, totally. Because I guess that's the thing is you never really think about living somewhere and having people pass and I guess the uh, the consequences of that. But if you have had experiences and not just yours, also your mum hearing um, laughing and, you know, children playing, when you do get that sort of confirmation of uh, that there is this story that uh, death could have happened, then it's like, okay, well, this is, yeah, definitely making more sense. And it's very interesting to hear um, some of a science background approach in such a way that you're very interested in it, but you're also remaining very sceptical because I guess um, I guess that's just how you would approach everything. And until you can kind of get that evidence that you deem credible enough that you're still kind of just searching. But that's, that's what I like, though. You haven't completely written any of this stuff off just because... No, definitely not. It's very interesting. And, I yeah, I always think, like, before any scientific like scientific things that we know today were all you know magical and no one knew in the unknown and they were thought to be strange before we could explain it by science so who's to say in 100 years time the things today that we thought were weird and magical um are actually explained (laughs) in the future thank you so much to jamie for coming on and giving us that experience once again Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This next experience comes from Amanda out of Pennsylvania. Now, this one is a cryptid experience, which is really interesting. You do hear, I hear a lot from people maybe about UFO sightings or hauntings, but cryptids are a little more far between, at least, you know, from what I come across. But This particular cryptid that Amanda believes she saw was the Fresno Nightcrawler. 
Some of you may be familiar with this cryptid. I have done a podcast on it before. If you're not, I would even suggest going and checking that episode out after listening to this to get a bit more of a background. But just quickly, the Fresno Nightcrawler is a cryptid that has been spotted at least twice that we know of on film. The first one obviously being in Fresno. And the cryptid is best explained as, if you could imagine, a body sort of cut in half at the torso and just uh, the legs are left. And these creatures appear to be no more than a metre high and they pretty much just walk. They're a very bizarre cryptid to say the least, but they have a big sort of cult following. And I don't know, it was this interesting thing when I did that particular episode, I wasn't really sure on, you know, were these things really a cryptid or were they more of an urban legend kind of situation? But even during that episode... I did speak with someone who had seen the original footage of these cryptids and sort of was very sure in his mind that these things were real. And, you know, when you start to – I have heard from a few other people just online as well about similar kind of descriptions, but Amanda saw something along this kind of description and she doesn't – you'll hear her say she doesn't 100% know if it is this particular cryptid, but it's the thing that – Once she saw it, it definitely reminded her of that. So please welcome Amanda to the podcast. What's your understanding of the Fresno Nightcrawler? Are you very familiar with the topic or is it something that you sort of came across after your experience or where do you kind of sit with it? I actually saw it first before my experience. Um, Me and my fiance love to watch those like caught on camera shows where they have like paranormal videos and then people try to like explain them away or not explain them away. And almost every, like, talk I've come across is that nobody can really explain this video being fake. Like, so, and just watching it gives me such, like, an eerie feeling, but also just, like, a really interested feeling at the same time. What, what's your thoughts around the validity of the videos? Do you think that what we're seeing is actually a creature or could it be a hoax? I, for some reason, there's something about this video that really makes me believe it's real. It seems like that is a pretty common thing, even though, you know, we've seen far more complex videos in the past, which people will straight up say it's a hoax. But it does seem like people have almost like a soft spot for these particular cryptids where people just seem to really feel like what they're seeing is the real deal. Yeah, I mean, I don't I can't like it's just one of those things where I've seen a lot of videos and I'm like, that's so fake. And then I saw that video and I was like, there's something about this video. I really just don't think it's fake at all. What's your experience then? Because your experience didn't take place in Fresno, correct? No, I'm in Pennsylvania, actually. Um, it took place in the out, right outside my house. I lived in the backwoods of Pennsylvania. Um, we lived in a neighborhood where pretty much it was just people's vacation houses and like two other people that lived there all year round. And we were one of them. So um, my fiance was gone one night and I have me looking out the window at the neighbor's house because they had some lights on outside in their shed. And this kind of sounds stupid, but I, I'm just wondering if they had like a little house shed. So I was kind of just peeking out the window and I saw these lights. And at the time this happened, um, the reason why I am almost 99% sure they were not people is because by the time this happened, it was the dead of winter, and in Pennsylvania, it gets very cold. Like, we're in the mountains. Um, and two, like I said, there's about, like, on my block, like, two people that live there all year long. 
and they probably wouldn't have been there in December. They usually come down for summer. So I was peeking out the window and I saw this kind of these lights and there was kind of a row of them, maybe like four or five. And the way that they were moving, like, I can't tell you, the first thing that came into my head was the Fresno Nightwalkers. And I was like, oh my God, this is so weird. So I just kind of stayed and watched. They like bounced around, like, I, I, they didn't look like flashlights. They didn't look like normal lights. And so I kind of started to process how far away they were. So they weren't in my neighbor's yard. They probably had to be, now we had an acre of land. So the neighbor had probably about three acres. So this is probably a big space that I can see far down. So it had to be like four houses down possibly. And it just kind of kept going, bouncing, 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 bouncing. And eventually, I, it kind of faded away. Like, it didn't just stop abruptly. It just kind of faded, I guess is the best way I could call it. And I was talking to somebody recounting this experience recently. And the thing is, I hate being alone in the house. I, I mean, I was in a, what you would call the beginning of a horror movie, a woman alone in a cabin in the woods by herself. And for some reason, nothing about this experience scared me. I felt completely calm the whole time it was happening. That's really interesting, isn't it? When you're seeing something so unusual, yet it's, you have that calming sensation. My, I, I'm a believer in spirits, and I feel like I can sense them when I go into different places. And my feelings towards this is that whatever it was, it was something not bad. Because I never got that like deep fear feeling. I just felt calm. How big do you believe that these creatures were? Because people often believe that the Fresno nightcrawlers are no bigger than maybe three feet tall or so. Um, that, is that similar with your experience? I don't think they could have been that big, but I was also seeing them from pretty far away. So I, if I didn't have a crappy phone, I would have tried to record it, but I don't think it would even have came up on my phone because of the window and it being dark. How long would you say the experience lasted in total? Probably like 15 minutes. Okay, wow. I would say. I, once I saw them, I couldn't look away. And we had an experience a few nights before that night where we saw this weird light in the sky. And that's the reason why I stayed and watched because of that other experience we had together. But this time I was alone. A very interesting account there from Amanda, and I'm very appreciative of her coming on. Just before we get into this last interview, this is the point of the podcast where I'm going to tell you what to do to win a Paranormal Thoughts podcast shirt. So all you need to do to win a shirt is either go onto Instagram or Facebook, like or follow Paranormal Thoughts podcast on either one of those, or you can do it on both as well. And then DM me on that platform, the word paranormal. That's all you need to do. You don't need to say anything else. Just DM me paranormal and you go in the running to win that shirt. If you do it on both Facebook and Instagram, it can count as two entries. A week from this podcast being published, I'll do a random draw and I'll contact you on that platform, letting you know that you just want a shirt. So just to quickly recap that, either go onto Facebook or Instagram or both, you can do it on both, follow and like Paranormal Thoughts Podcast and DM me the word paranormal. You'll go on the chance to win a Paranormal Thoughts Podcast shirt. So my last guest for this episode is Demi, and she is from Melbourne, Australia. 
So Demi has two experiences for us. And what I find really fascinating about Demi and her story is that she started a YouTube channel, which you can definitely go check out. It's Demi-more, that's D-E-M-I hyphen M-O-R on YouTube. And she has started this channel where she goes and does some ghost hunting, tells us sort of about some ghostly kind of encounters, everything kind of along those lines. I think anyone listening to this is probably very interested in that particular content. But the interesting thing was that after starting that YouTube channel, she kind of opened herself up to paranormal experiences. And this is something I'm really interested in is, I guess, inviting things in or once you sort of really submerge yourself within something, you definitely either become more open to it or you just somehow open these things to kind of come to you. It's it's this really interesting. It's kind of like the power of attraction or something along those sort of lines. I'm not 100% sure, but I can heavily relate to this considering a big part of my life is kind of this podcast. So I feel like I invite in these sort of things or even just bringing people into like my sort of circle. And I don't know, it's it's a very interesting thing where I don't, we don't have the time now to go massively into it. But I have sort of spoken about it a little bit before about manifesting your fears and so on. But it's just interesting that Demi goes into a bit of that and her experiences are kind of all based around that. So let's get into this last part of the podcast with Demi. My name is Demi. I grew up in a smaller country town back in Gippsland, uh, which is in Victoria. I now live in Melbourne. So living in a small town, we always had um, quite a few sort of scary stories, whether they were sort of paranormal stories or sort of stories about some colourful characters, I'll call them in quotation marks, but weirdos, um, around town. And a lot of the time we would be, you know, around a fire either at a sleepover or when we got older, parties, and a lot of the topics that we would talk about around the fire were always scary stories or paranormal stories, and they were usually initiated by myself. With my love of sort of everything creepy and just wanting to learn about everything, so I'll get a thought in my head and I'll just want to delve into every single aspect of it to understand it. I like to challenge my scepticism because I really enjoy the interest, but at the same time, it takes a lot for me to sort of be convinced. So I'll research things and research things. And I ended up being um, really, really intrigued with this rando Nordica that people were doing over in the US at the start of sort of the COVID pandemic over there and um, decided that Perhaps I wanted to sort of take off in another direction and just do some interviews and some storytelling, but share it with everybody um, based on that keen interest of my own. And as I sort of started to interview and research more for the actual channel, I definitely found myself opening up more to, I don't know if I'd just say paranormal, like I always considered myself open-minded but definitely a sceptic, but I was never closed off. I was always open to finding out more, finding the answers and everything like that. But as I've really started to work on my channel, there's a lot of things that have sort of happened and occurred since I've been delving into this sort of stuff in more depth. And a lot of sort of things that I've learned about myself definitely through reconnecting with friends back home that might have sort of... um, found out that they might perhaps have 
and look, I'm really, really amateur at this sort of stuff. So if I offend anyone in this community, it's definitely not intentional. I just don't understand enough yet. But uh, people that have, you know, like gifts or abilities, insights, I just call them insights to just try and remain a little bit neutral there. Um, but, yeah, like I've had a lot of people who have sort of said, well, I think that you might perhaps possess this and possess that because I'll just tell my stories because I like to tell ghost stories and scary stories and I won't think sort of much of it if I haven't come to my definitive answer yet. But um, my best girlfriend in particular, she is someone that I never knew was really interested in, you know, paranormal and all that sort of stuff. Like she liked scary movies but it was sort of like horror as in like serial killer, that sort of thing. It was never anything sort of unworldly. Um, and she's actually now a psychic medium, um, an empath. So she's been teaching me a lot of sorts of um, information about those types of, I don't know what you'd call them, I guess, those people with those sorts of insights or gifts or um, abilities that perhaps not everybody possesses. So yeah, I'm learning a lot about myself um, that I never would have imagined that I would have been open to, although I thought I was open-minded, but I definitely wasn't, I don't think, until I started doing my channel and this research. So Now, that's great. I love that um, you've, I guess, yeah, discovered more about yourself during this whole process and the fact of once you kind of opened yourself up to, I guess, other possibilities and just having that more open mind um, kind of approach to things that more experiences began to happen because I'm always interested. I always love to ask people that question is like once you became, I guess, self-aware of this stuff or really sort of delving more into it, um, it's surprising how much more it can actually show itself or what you can actually uncover from doing that. Absolutely. Like, honestly, I've always been interested and I've always flogged YouTube videos, flogged podcasts, yours as well, um, even before I started doing my channel and just loved researching and learning things. But until I actually put myself into the position where I was digging further and I was reaching deeper, um, yeah, some of the things that have sort of presented themselves and things that I've learned about myself as well, which I'll be honest, I still don't quite understand because I'm not educated enough in that particular area. However, I know that there are things that have occurred with myself and there are things that I've had insights into that I can't explain. So let's get into some of these experiences then. So where does this all start? So ever since I was a little girl, I always used to have some pretty vivid dreams and I actually went through a stage where I would have night terrors every single night and I think it lasted for about three years or so. And the night terrors were pretty, um, pretty like vicious and vivid and, you know, everyone just put it down to, you know, a phase and um, hyperactivity. Um, my mum went and got me tested for like ADHD because they thought that perhaps I was having night terrors because I was just hyperactive, um, which I mean, it was no, but I don't know, questionable. Um, <laughs> but it, um, it all sort of started with those dreams and they eventually sort of tapered off. But when I first started having 
the night terrors, they would usually um, be the exact same dream every single night. It was always about like wolves and everything like that. But then there would be an element of the dream where I'd actually get like a vision of something that had happened. But in my dream, I thought it was a dream. But then say a couple of weeks later, that would actually happen. So it was almost like a bit of a deja vu, but it was for quite a long period. Like I would be able to say to my mum, like, oh, I dreamt about this. I can't remember when I dreamt about this happening, but like we're in this present moment here, mum, and I dreamt about this and this is what happens next and this is what's what it's going to feel like. So I would mainly feel feelings of what was sort of going to happen next and see like visions in my dream of sort of what what was actually going to occur and then I'd be able to recount that for maybe one to two minutes when I'm actually having that deja vu episode so that's when I sort of knew that things were a little bit strange but I always just thought that maybe I had a really broad and fast overactive imagination and perhaps it was just all coincidental so it's interesting, yeah, kind of having those glimpses of, I suppose, what was to come and I guess what, you know, you're kind of um, uncovering now. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's interesting you've brought up coincidence with, like, the paranormal and I almost feel like like there isn't, like, coincidence isn't even, like, a factor with the paranormal. It's just, like, things that just happen for a reason, you know, and more and more, the, the longer I have... Um, looked into it, the the stranger, these sort of like coincidences or like synchronicities kind of um, show themselves. And, you know, when you speak to other people um, who, you know, either have experiences or, you know, do research, have an interest, the amount of times that, you know, these words are kind of brought up, it's, it, it, it's not like shocking, I suppose, but it's very interesting that it has this kind of common thread between all this stuff. And it just makes it even more fascinating because it's just like... There's, I feel like there's messages that we're trying to actually understand when looking into this stuff. So what's what's the initial thing that kind of kicks it all off? And I guess that moment of like, oh, wow, okay, I think I might be onto something here. What was that experience? Yeah, so I'd actually started my channel and it had been going sort of for a few months. There was a small glimpse of, I think I might have actually caught something. So... This is probably the instance that really, really made me completely um, be open to the fact that that there's definitely there's definitely things out there. So um, we went to go do an urban exploration at La Rundle. So this was back in March of this year. Majority of the um, the premises has all been converted into new townhouses and apartments, which was oh, it was devastating because all I wanted to do was get into the abandoned building I was too scared to get into three years ago. Um, but two of my girlfriends and I, we ended up just walking around the grounds in the new um, in the new estate and in the new buildings and everything like that. So Heritage listed, the buildings are still there. They've just been renovated and there's now people occupying them. So they're still the same buildings, but there's not that element of... Um, scare as such anymore so we were walking through like a pathway between two of the buildings out onto um an oval that um the estate backs onto which is um Latrobe Uni and I was filming away and just sort of 
scanning around and panning my camera um, in the windows and the glass and everything and just sort of hoping and, like, begging that when I went back to edit I'd see, like, I don't know, a face or just anything, like, just anything. Like, just give me something. Just show me anything. Like, I need I need this. And um, nothing was on there and I was a bit bummed and um, we went home and I started editing that night just listening back to the footage and trying to piece everything together to turn it into a video and... I heard this, oh, it was actually so terrifying, this eerie, it was either a giggling or a wailing, but it was definitely like a young woman. I reckon it would have been maybe like um, a teenage girl or something like that. And they were just sort of like giggling or wailing for a little bit. And we didn't hear this at the time at all. There was no one around at all. It was quite late at night. Everyone was inside in their houses there wasn't uni students walking around the streets or anything like that. No one was out on their balconies. Um, yeah, so that for me, when I went back and listened to that and I listened to it over and over and over again, that was really what opened me up um, to absolutely everything in regards to sort of paranormal, um, anything along those lines. I was just like, nah, there's there's definitely more to this now after that. And my girlfriend saying we heard nothing at the time at all and we've played it back and played it back and played it back and re sort of lived our every moment that we were filming at the time and there's nothing we can put it down to. So that's that's the moment for me that I was like, yep, I've caught something on camera and I'm not going to stop now. <laughs> so just walking through some of the newer apartments that LaRundle has been converted into. I'm scared that we're going to look into one of the windows and something's going to pop up. Probably a human. I'm scared that we're going to look into one of the windows and something's going to pop up. Probably a human. So I've played a fair bit of audio on this podcast and I don't think I've ever played anything that substantial before or even just that clear the fact that you captured this sound, I'll play it again. I'm scared that we're going to look into one of the windows and something's going to pop up. Probably a human. I mean, you can even hear there, like, you're not even phased by what you're hearing because you can't hear it. You know, it's not even like there's that that sound is happening in real time because you would you'd react to it. You know, it's... It, that is a very unnerving kind of sound and you, you would definitely have a reaction to it. But the fact that that is going on under you just speaking um, to the camera, that's that's wild. That's a very serious piece of evidence that you've definitely brought to the table here and it's great you've been able to share that with us. It is very rare, in all honesty, to kind of get something that I guess is convincing enough for yourself, you know, because that's, that's, that's the thing at the end of the day, you know, you don't really have to convince anyone else. But if you can um, come away from that and be like, I think I've actually got something here, then, yeah, you can really see how, um, yeah, you're really going down that rabbit hole after that kind of experience. Oh, my gosh, absolutely. I won't be going back to La Rundle, that's for sure. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> With that particular place, until I sort of learn more about sort of like ghost hunting and everything like that, because I'm so unaware and I'm such an amateur I'm just like right there's an abandoned building I'm ready to go ghost hunting let's just go and see if we see anything you don't actually expect to get anything on camera and the fact that I did and I've got no idea how to protect myself in this situation now that there is definitely something presenting itself and it just feels like 
these sorts of things are now drawn to me a bit. So, yeah, I won't be going back to La Rundle until I learn how to do it safely because apparently there's a lot more to it than just getting your camera out and just uh, going for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I guess, yeah, there's a lot of different ways to approach it. Obviously, I guess some people approach it for more of like a scientific kind of like analytical sense than others, you know, I guess a lot more emotive. Yeah, I, yeah, it is like, it's a weird one because I, I don't know, I, I know people who've done it themselves, like very amateur-esque and had some wild experiences mm. And then obviously I've, I've gone out with a few professionals and that's a whole other thing, you know, people who like do this for a living, you know, do tours and it's it's a whole, it's a, a very interesting world. But yeah, but that's cool though that you've um, gotten to have an experience <laughs> like that anyway. Where to from here then? What, what was the next happening for you? Oh my gosh, there has been so many instances that have happened since I started this crazy journey. Which is insane since it's only been since March, you said, right? I know. Like I never, honestly, Dylan, I never expected, I expected to just be proved wrong and be like, right, it's an interest and it's a cool idea, but no, there's nothing out there. You're not going to ever, you're never going to find anything. You're never going to see anything. And like, this is just a cool trend, but nothing's ever going to come of it. Nothing is like substantiated. But the next the next instance is, I'm get, I'm actually recording the room that this happened in, so I'm like, Ugh, <laughs> but that's okay. The next instance that actually happened was very, very vivid. One night, and this was probably a few months ago or so, or just a bit earlier in the year, the year flies, but it was this year after we went to La Rundle as well. I was having like a dream. It was a really good dream. Then all of a sudden it turned into a really bad dream. And just to summarize a dream, it was basically like a shooter came to the high school we were in. And for some reason I was there with my children at the high school. And so there was this shooter. So this older woman and I were trying to like hide the kids in the school from the shooter. Anyway, I ended up waking up before the shooter like could find us. I always love that in a dream where it's just like, yes, saved by my subconscious awakening that was fantastic but um I woke up from my dream and I was like cool I didn't have to see that through I'll just chill for a bit and not go back to sleep because I don't want to finish it (laughs) and I actually sat up in my bed and I looked up because I was obviously a bit drowsy to begin with and I saw the lady who was helping me hide the children standing at the edge of my bed my eldest son who was a notorious sleepwalker was actually standing next to her holding her hand and I was absolutely terrified but the only reason that I don't think I died of fright then and there was because I was just convincing myself that I was in like some sort of false awakening state and I was still dreaming or I was experiencing some sort of sleep paralysis. Oh, But then my son ended up leading the lady outside our bedroom door and down our hallway and out the front door. And then he turned back around, walked past me. He went back to bed and went back to sleep. And the only reason that I know that I wasn't dreaming at this stage is because I'd followed them out into the hallway and the floorboards were cold on my feet. And I've never felt anything physical in a dream before. So feeling my feet on the floorboards really just assured me that I definitely was awake and I was seeing what I was seeing. And my son, yeah, he just went straight back to bed and straight back to sleep. And I just sat up in my bed terrified. I told my best girlfriend who um, 
she's the empath, medium, psychic, and, I mean, she doesn't push the topic. Um, she's quite modest about it. So it, when I told her about it, I just said, oh, can you just hear me out? This is really crazy. I think that maybe I might have had some sleep paralysis or something. And she goes, no, I would tell you if you're being you know, silly thinking that you might have seen something that you didn't, but I, I think you definitely had someone visit you and I think that Mason was just taking her to the light. And I mean, like, the the lady, the only reason I was scared is because I had someone standing in my room and I'm, I mean, the apparition itself, like, it's not what you expect. It wasn't like she was translucent. It was like, it was like a real person. Like, she was standing, she didn't make any noise, she didn't talk, she didn't try and communicate, but she was looking at me and she was right there. She didn't look any different to my son in regards to transparency. She was a full-bodied person then and there. And, yeah, my girlfriend was like, no, you've absolutely, someone's actually come to you or they've come to Mason and then Mason's brought her to you. So, uh, yeah, that was full on. Like that was a lot to experience as one of my really big sort of paranormal experiences and like I said I'm sitting in the room where I'm recording now and although it wasn't a bad sort of occurrence it was actually quite nice and it was really peaceful and sweet it still gives me chills it freaks me right out thanks again to Demi for sharing her experiences with us here today on the podcast well there you go three very unique people with very unique experiences I really enjoyed hearing these experiences I think they were very significant and really worth sharing to everyone listening at home. It's it's great that I can sort of have a platform to do that and share these stories with you guys because you know it's the stuff that I love, you know, it's the stuff that I want to hear. So getting to share that with other people interested uh, in this particular in, in this particular topics is kind of a really cool thing. And even you know it, it sort of excites me that. There's so many people out there who have really fascinating experiences that just can't be explained. And, you know, even with Demi's there at the end, having some evidence kind of behind it, it's it's so cool to be able to bring that to you guys. And it's kind of the reason why I started this whole podcast. You know, I've said that multiple times, but me having my own experiences, being interested, and then, you know, getting, you know, sort of doing the podcast and having people listen, and then them being able to come on and share those experiences, it kind of just, you know, comes full circle and it's... It's great. It's all I could kind of want to kind of get out of this podcast at the stage, to be perfectly honest. So I loved hearing those stories and, you know, it'd be great to maybe do more of these in the future as well. But it kind of relies on you guys. So if you have had a paranormal experience you'd like to share with us here, um, definitely reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram or on my email, which is paranormalthoughtspodcast at gmail.com. And maybe we can see about doing another one of these episodes in the future. Thank you guys so much for listening and I hope to catch you in another podcast episode really soon. Thanks. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. 
You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. 